I am super excited because today we are starting this new summer series called Summer at the Movies. And here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be pulling biblical truths out of modern stories or movies. And so as a filmmaker and somebody who just loves movies, I am constantly watching movies and I'm seeing biblical truths, scriptural truths that are actually embedded in these modern day stories. Well, Micah, in is that right that we use like secular movies to teach godly truths? I mean, does that really even make sense? That's a great question. Let's look at it. Jesus told stories. If you were around Jesus, he was constantly telling stories. One day he said a man had two sons and the younger one took all dad's money, partied it away until he ran out of money. And then he came home and his dad welcomed him home, but his older brother didn't. It was just a story. Another day he was teaching, he said, hey, there was a guy walking along the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he gets robbed, beaten up, and a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan came walking by. They thought he was setting up a joke. A priest, Levite, and a Samaritan came. No. But here's what, look, in the Bible, in Matthew 13, watch this. Jesus did not say anything to them without using a story, a parable. Now watch this. Paul learned as well. Paul used secular poets and secular philosophers. Now, I'm not going to get too deep in it, but it just fascinates me that Paul quotes pagan philosophers and poets in order to teach biblical truths. Watch this. Acts 17. This is Paul. He says, For in him we live and move and exist. As even some of our own poets have said, for we also are his children. Both of these lines were actually written about Zeus in Greek literature. But Paul applied them to God. Second Corinthians 15 also, he said, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. This was a direct quote from a comic poet named Meander. Pretty crazy, huh? Titus, he says, one of themselves, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. He's quoting pagan people in order to teach biblical truths. So what we see is that Jesus did this all the time. Paul did this. And so that's what we're going to do. Okay? So today, we are going to be talking about the Martian. All right? The Martian is a science uh, science fiction film based upon a novel of the same name called The Martian. And on in this movie, on November in 2020, I think 2035, it's in the future, the Ares 3, which was a manned mission to Mars, ex it, they encounter an unexpected storm. Take a look at this.
And so Mark's crew leaves Mars believing that he is dead. However, the truth was that he wasn't dead. He was only lost. And one of the reasons that I love this movie is because it captured something that God has put on our heart here at this family church, and that is how much God loves and will go after just one lost person. God loves everybody. And look, if we're going to love God, we are also going to have to love the people that God loves. And that is why we believe that here at Living Word, growth is essential because every person matters to God. And that's why we continue to look for creative ways to actually really just explain the gospel. It's why we pray for the lost. It's why we invite them to church. It's why we encourage you to bring people with you as well. We are all about people coming home to God. Is that right? Yeah. It's, we, we're talking about people that need marriages restored, the number of families that, uh, that become strong and reconciled, the people that have their life destinies fulfilled. We never stop looking for lost people because God never stopped looking for me or you. Well, so what do we do? What we've got to do is continually put ourselves in the shoes of those that are far from God. We've got to understand, try to understand what they're going through. And the reason we do that is so that we'll do everything that we can to bring them back home, to rescue them. And in fact, Paul even says in, in a letter to the Corinthian church, he says, I have become all things to all men. He's doing all this so that by all possible means, I might save somebody. Well, how do we do that? We do that by trying to understand how people that are far from God actually feel. A lot of people are like Mark Watney. Life has dealt them a tough blow. And now they find themselves in situations that they don't want to be in. Trapped. You know, trapped with seemingly sometimes no way out. Just trying to survive life as life just continues to pummel them. To happen to them. And in this clip, did you hear the gasp from everybody when they found out that Mark was dead? Today, that's not how everybody responds. Sometimes we're just able to just move on with life, even though people are hurting and dying all, all around us. And look, it was true in Jesus' days. This is why he addressed it so much. In fact, a lot of people would even criticize him because he would go after those that were dying instead of hanging around those who were religious. He would pursue those that society had written off. And one of those occasions is in Luke 15. Now, the tax collectors and sinners. Now, these were people that were the lowest of the low, all right? And it says that they were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the and the uh, teachers, these were the religious elite. They went to the church all the time. They read their Bibles. They knew all the scriptures. It was these people that muttered and said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. What's he doing hanging around with those people? They muttered because Jesus was focusing his entire life on lost and dying people. And he would say things like, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. And even in another chapter that Jesus said that he came for one reason, that was the whole purpose for here to be there, was to seek and save who? The lost. And so now he's passed that same mission onto us. We as a church, if you call yourself a Jesus follower, you exist specifically to continue the mission and ministry of Jesus. And everything points to that. 
In fact, in, uh, in Romans 10, 14, it says, How then can they, talking about the lost, how can they call on the one that they, one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one that they haven't heard? And how can they hear without somebody, not you of course, but somebody proclaiming that to them or preaching that to them? No, that's about us. And look, it's got to be above our political agendas, our social agendas, our own pursuits of success. This has to take priority. And that's all Mark Watney needed. He just needed somebody to realize that he was lost. Check this out. I love that scene because this is when everything changes. See, at this point, NASA shifts from, from thinking Mark's dead to actually now trying to do something. And, and so they're trying to find him now just because they saw evidence that he was still alive. And this is what we need to do. We need to see our world the way that God does. And that way, we'll step out and do something. It's the great commission that he left us here on earth to do. You see, in John chapter 4, Jesus' disciples, they're just wanting to get something to eat. They're hungry. And at the same time, there's a whole town that was coming toward them because they needed Jesus. And the disciples didn't see the crowd coming. Listen, they only saw their own desire for lunch, their own needs. 
And then in verse 35, Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, open your eyes. Just open your eyes and look at the fields. They are white. They're ripe for harvest. The disciples, and we have this capability, were missing an incredible opportunity to reach out and help lost and dying people. And here's the rub. Here's the problem with us is that if they can miss it, if the disciples walking physically with Jesus, if they can miss it, we can miss it too, if we're not paying attention. This is why the most important part of reaching people is actually seeing them as God sees them. Because if you can't see them, you're not going to do anything about it. You're going to go on about your life. But if you could see them like Jesus saw them, it changes absolutely everything. This is one of the reasons why we're doing summer mission trips this year, part of summer at Living Word, because it's important that all Jesus followers, that we do some kind of short-term mission trip at some point within our life, international, domestic, whatever it is, so that we can see it. You'll never live your life the same. You'll never pray the same ever again. You'll never give the same ever again, because people, you get to see people hurting, hurting. And they're hurting all around us, but sometimes it's hidden. We do a good job at hiding our pain. But for some people, it's just getting worse and worse and worse, and they're losing hope right under our nose. And so for Mark, back to the movie, everything seems to be going according to plan, and suddenly the wheels fall off. He's grown crops, he's grown food, and suddenly everything goes horribly wrong. Take a look at this.
trying to imagine the emotions of somebody who comes to the realization that they're going to die. See, Mark thought he was going to die and there was no way to get back home. And, and you know, empathy is a very powerful thing. And when we think about people that are far from God, we do need to empathize with their situation. And sometimes we have this idea, well, but they're not one of us. And a lot of times we see lost people as evil, God-haters, people who have rejected God, but the truth is that we're all the way that we are for a reason. Maybe they're deceived, maybe they're trapped, maybe they're blinded, maybe they're pushed down or marginalized. And in 2 Corinthians 4 says, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it's only from people who are perishing. And Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. They are un able to see the glorious light, the good news of God. You see, they don't understand the message of Jesus. They're blinded to it. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news that we can see. It's, it's not that we're better. They can't see it. They don't understand it. But what happens is once we see the right way, we see them the right way, it opens up a door for them to see God a right way, which opens up this question, how do we do it? How do we help them see how good God really is? Well, of course, we can pray, and yes, we do that. But also, we can also organize ourselves in such a way that we continually go on rescue missions. But that's not easy, because there's always a cost involved for us. It could be your time. Well, I don't have time. Or your money. Or just your attention. Everything's vying for your attention. But in order to do anything that matters, you'll always have to lay something down. Back to our story, the crew that's actually headed back home that left Mark, they, they find out that Mark's still alive, and they have an opportunity to go back and save them, but not without a cost. Check this out. Thank you. 
So this is probably my favorite scene in the movie, and let me explain to you why. It's because people who are already tired, right? They've already got somewhere that they're going, and they are ready to get back home, and yet they decide to turn around. They decide to risk everything and go back to rescue Mark. And I, I think that we've got we've to consider that we need to do the same thing, that we have to continually ca- count the cost, pay the price, even risk it all to do everything that we can for one more person. Now, that's going to require all of us laying down our personal agendas, laying down our lives to do what's best for others. Now, I really, I really want all of us, this is my job, is to get all of us to live our lives on mission for the great commission. And I want to help us get all of us focused on that one person that needs God. And so I came up with just a simple tool to really help us. What we're going to be doing, Marcus is going to be passing out small, individually wrapped lifesaver candies. And if you're online, I, can, I encourage you to stop by a store, pick some up. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to assign a name to that candy. Maybe it's somebody that needs rescuing. They need a lifesaver. I don't want you to eat it. I gave you popcorn. (laughs) Use it. Name it. And every time you put it in your pocket in the morning or take it out in the evening, pray for them. And look for opportunities to bring them to church, to share your your, your faith with them. And let me tell you, the day that your friend comes to the Lord, you know what? I want you to eat that candy and celebrate. All right, And then I want you to email us and tell us the story so that we can celebrate with you. But one day, you're going to be able to come to me and you're going to go, hey, I got my lifesaver in church today. Or hey, my lifesaver got saved. And look, I'm telling you that when that happens, your life will never be the same. So they are, they're going ahead and passing out. Everybody just take one of these, save some for the second service. And listen, don't eat it. All right, but assign a name to it. Pray for that person every time you see this candy. And this summer is a great time to invite people to church. We've got several more of at the movies messages. We've got some special speakers that are gonna be life-changing. All you have to do is pray for them and invite them, okay? Now, listen, listen to me. There are people far from God all around you. The question is, will you do everything that you can to bring them back home? Now, in our story, Mark's doing everything he can do to get back home. And so his ship, it actually, he launches it, but it falls short of intercepting his crew that have come back to get him. So he has to jump from his ship to their ship in mid-space in order to save him. Check this out.
I love that closing monologue. You either accept the way things in or you get to work changing it. And that's us. And I love these two words that he says, just begin, just begin. We have a world around us that is hurting, dying in many cases. I'm asking you, just begin. Begin by praying for them, by praying for them and bringing him to Jesus and his church. Would you guys stand with me?